Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to your God's Love podcast. I'm Haley Helveston. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Olivia Bryant here, and she is the founder of Self Cervix, a movement of reframing the cervix as an orgasmic organ. Welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. My favorite topic to talk about. <laughs> yes, me too. Okay, so tell everybody what you're doing. Yeah, well, um, as you, we were saying before this podcast episode, most people with cervixes or women don't know that their cervix is actually a highly orgasmic organ. It, is, um, it has three neural connections to the brain, which is more pathways to the brain than any other part of the sexual anatomy. And yet for most most women I've spoken to, it's either numb or it's uncomfortable or it's painful or it reminds them of the gynecologist or they've had HPV or they've had, you know, um, like birth trauma or they've had <laughs> like lasering of the cervix. So, so the last thing that people think about when they think about the cervix is that it's actually this incredible portal to the most spiritual kind of orgasms that you could possibly have. So the work is about helping women and people with cervixes heal the cervix and also the whole body and being in order to have these expanded states of orgasm that are actually, I think, like a pillar of awakening consciousness. It's an incredible experience. Mm, yes. Yeah, because one thing I've learned on this path is, and I said this in the podcast episode I uploaded today, is I kind of went down the spiritual rabbit hole, got all into that, but then kind of bypassed the body. Then that led me to the body. And so how did you get into this journey? Mm, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, similarly, uh, I was learning about the tantric philosophy, not anything to do with sex. I was just very interested in like the philosophy. And then um, um, when I started learning about sex, um, I just couldn't really resolve the, the way the neo-tantra movement in relation to the philosophy. So I, I also kind of like, I put that aside and then I went into the body and I trained as a sexologist because I realized that, that, you know, within the spiritual framework that I was teaching in, there was no, there was no conversation about sex. And it was like all these conversations about wholeness and becoming whole, but nothing about sex. And so I really was like, why is that? And I always knew that there was like something inside of me that really was like this, very sexual being, but I was super shame, shame, full of shame, very repressed. Um, when I was 25, I started to heal this aspect of myself and became a sexologist at some point, but still felt very shut. I mean, I, I cleared my shame and my mission was to help other women um, and people really just deal with sexual shame. Um, and you know, that was where I was at in my own journey. I was very clitorally focused. I had like a massive vibrator that I was pretty much dependent on for my orgasm, but in the sexological model, which is very sex positive, it's like, well, whatever makes you feel good, go there. Like there's absolutely no problem. And I liked that because for me, I was not very orgasmic. And so my foot long vibrator gave me this sense of adequacy, but I guess I didn't realize that there was a bit of a cost to um, being very conditioned to this pathway. And that was that inside of my body, I was fairly disconnected and numb vaginally. Anyway, I was in a bit of an abusive relationship, emotionally traumatic, terrible relationship at some point in my 
um, later in my thirties. And I was like, I just, it was the end of the road for me. I was like, okay, this is too much trauma and sex. Can't cope with it. This relationship sucks. I'm getting out of here. Went to Bali, had like a, a bodywork session, internal bodywork session um, to heal. My body was so shut down and um, the body worker had his finger on my cervix and he said, um, oh, do you feel that? Do you feel where my finger is? And I was like, no, I have no idea where your finger is. I was completely numb. He was like, oh, I'm on your cervix. And I was like, really? And because of my research, I understood that the cervix was highly innovated, as in lots of nerves. So I was really disappointed. I was like, oh my God, no wonder I'm so like stuck with my orgasm. I'm completely numb. And so um, the body worker was like, just go away and stimulate your cervix every day for 21 days. And I tell you, it was the most boring thing I've ever done, ever. <laughs> that so boring that I forgot after five days. So I ended up starting a support group for me to see if anybody else would want to, to stimulate their cervixes to try to wake them up. And the group just grew like so quickly. And um, so that was how Self Cervix was born. And now we're five years in and um, yeah, it's now developed into this kind of huge multi-program journey around how do we move from feeling numb or feeling limited in our, our orgasmic capacity to what I think the potential of human sexuality is like full blast, like dissolving into oneness <laughs> through orgasm, um, absolute merging with another total self-love i think that that is what the cervix can offer us um, and that's what my work is aiming to do <laughs> mm, love it i'm all about it um, <laughs> yeah. because i think that a lot of the women that i've worked with you know they're not having orgasms or they are kind of like what you were which is the clitoral focus mm -hmm. which is what, how i was when i first had an orgasm because i was just thankful for one <laughs> you know Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You just got to give yourself credit that you feel something. I agree. And that, that is this uh, challenging line that I walk in this work, which is I really get that the struggle is real. There's mm -hmm. so much pressure to, to come and the models that we have around sex, you know, like, like say you, you understand about sex through watching porn or something. A, you might not witness a female orgasm. B, it might happen really quickly. Um, you know, it's really focused on that. It's not really focused on like deep connection. I guess it depends what kind of porn you watch, but it's not really focused on like, we're just here in the moment and we're just feeling and we're connecting and we're feeling pleasure and we're just allowing it to unfold. It's very like, you know, we've got, a, there's a goal to it in, in that model. And so the pressure to have an orgasm, like any kind of orgasm, it, you know, it's so easy to feel really inadequate in this world. So, so my challenge is to present what's possible with, and meet people where they're at being like, it's okay. Like this is, a, it's good. It's fine to start here. And there's more, there is more and we don't know how long it's going to take because it's going to depend like how much trauma does a woman have in her body? What has her upbringing taught her about sex? Um, you know, particularly religion, for example, they might be holding a lot of shame around being a very orgasmic, sexually free woman. Um, you know, uh, depends on, you know, how comfortable they are practicing self-pleasure and exploring. So there's so many factors that come into place 
you know, you could begin to change your body's response over a, a, a year, or it might take five or 10, or I was honestly, I was prepared to do this for my life. I was prepared to never have this experience in my life. I just decided that what mattered was the journey of healing, the journey of feeling and like learning how to become, be more and more in my body, you know, after, after centuries of repression and wrongmaking about women and vaginas and sex, you know, a, a real disenfranchisement from being embodied half the journey is like just getting into the body and being like, oh, I'm, it's okay that I'm here and I belong here. You know, I'm here and I'm in my body and I love my body. Half of it's that, you know? Mm. So, mm-hmm. so, so yeah, I was honestly prepared for it to be a lifelong journey. For me, it started to open my, my, my sensation started to open after about a year of practice. Um, I had to re- I had, I literally threw out my vibrator. I had to put it in the, trash (laughs) because you know I just it was a quick fix for me Mm -hmm. you know it's like a quick fix and I'd moved to the to a phase in my life where I was ready to let that go and I think that that's also important because you know not everyone's ready yet because you know you might just have discovered how to have a clitoral orgasm you know and it's you might just have discovered that so be with be there for a bit you know and then you know, so I guess the point is, there's no hurry to any of this. And it, it's definitely not supposed to be a pushing journey of like, you know, that another way that we compare ourselves with other women. Or mm-hmm. So it, it has to be a very loving, honoring journey. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. the thing is, is I love how you look at that and your point of view on this, because I agree with you. I think that I was talking to a man earlier on this, earlier today, and he was talking about how, uh, I told him, well, you know, a lot of men need to be more patient with women because there's so much, you know, a lot of women are just on the journey of figuring this out. And he was like, well, you know, a lot of men, you know, they are, they put all of their self-worth in whether the woman has an orgasm or not. I was like, that's not good. <laughs> it's so backwards. And that also yeah. from our conditioning up of porn, our performance mm-hmm. based. And I'm not judging porn. I have to be really clear about that. Like there is a place for it. And we have this animal aspect of our sexuality and it can um, keep this narrative alive about, you know, and, and not even that, it's just, it's just, it's just, I don't even know where this thing around performance comes from. And like, you know, it might be way deeper than that, like some kind of patriarchal shadow, like, mm-hmm. like he needs to give me my orgasm, you know, like my orgasm is not my own. It comes because of his, what he's doing, you know, mm-hmm. so like, so really the first step is to unhook all of that and to just be like, she or he, we're both all responsible for our own pleasure, for our own orgasms. They belong to me. They, uh, they, they, someone else can assist my process. But if I'm, if I'm not taking responsibility for how safe I feel through communication or through getting the kind of touch I need through communication, um, then you know, you're putting, you're, you're outsourcing the responsibility onto someone else. And that is a huge pressure for your partners, whatever gender, it's a massive pressure to default that responsibility over there and not, and not own it. You know, what I love to say if I'm with a new partner is, especially in, in my early days when I was still 
when I, when I stopped going for clitoral orgasms, put my vibrator aside and pretty much knew that I was not going to be having orgasms. I, I said, would say to my partners, forget about trying to make me calm, forget about orgasms, please. I just, all I'm interested in is experiencing as much pleasure and connection as I can. And I started to reframe um, orgasm as, you know, in the, in the sex logical model, there's like the, the bell curve of the clitoral orgasm. And there's a plateau phase, which is at the top. And right after that, you go into a climax. So I, I started to reframe the plateau phase as the orgasm, or as the orgasmic state. Even if, it, even if it wasn't, like I actually just started like mentally imagining it, that I would be like in this orgasmic state. And so I, yeah, just that reframing really helped. And it also helped my partners just like let them off the hook. It's not their job, you know? like my job is to to um to 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 ask for what i want and co-create a safe space where we both feel comfortable you know in a non-achievement based space yeah i don't yeah. have to, to i don't have to perform and please my partner like you know i used to have a fear that if i didn't have an orgasm that i would that i wouldn't be pleasing you know like that my partner would be disappointed in me and in himself and like oh such a shadowy play so so we have to unhook at that level and you know um we want to we've been talking about doing man's work for a while because i mean that's a whole other kettle of fish around we all have to be doing our work to heal the trauma in our bodies so that we can become more and more sensitive to to touch because the kind of sex that you have for cervical orgasm in my experience. And I'm yet to, I'm yet to hear a different experience of this. If, if you want to have these spiritual experiences through sex, in my experience, it's, 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 it's much more slower stillness focus. Um, so it, it, you, you actually need to learn how to sensitize yourself so that you can feel more with less stimulation and versus the other model, which is the animal model, which is fun and horny and like, um, and, and we, but there's a lot of friction and stimulation to feel. And I want to just um, say to everybody out there, like I do it all um, in my year of training though. In my couple of years of training, I really, I was single, so that kind of helped. And I just tried to focus on this new paradigm just because I think I'd created a lot of numbness the other way. But I do think that it's important that we honor all ways that our human bodies have sex. You know, I, I laugh with my partner and we say that we have, we have, we have um, human sex, alien sex, and hybrid sex. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God, I love it. When cervical when, when orgasm was opening up between us and it was just fucking crazy what we were experiencing, I, like afterwards we would look at each other and we'd be like, are we, are we even human? Like, are we aliens? <laughs> like, oh. how are we aliens? And then, and then we'd have to like just have human sex just to remind, rem we're actually, okay, yes, we're still humans. <laughs> oh my God. We can have kind of both. We sort of like move between these two worlds hybrid sex yeah so were you okay so let's go back because i i personally have never experienced this type of orgasm so i just want to say tell everybody that um rare. i only know one person that has i know a lot of women are just want to experience this i've seen visions during sex i've had multiple g-spot orgasms 
but I've never had this. So tell me again. Okay. So it feels like alien in terms of what, like what's happening. <laughs> I, want, I want to know what this is. Completely different way of making love. It's absolutely looks like nothing that it just is different. And I, I don't know, like I'm honestly, I can only speak from me and also like a few, like the other women that I know who have had these experiences. I've understand what their cervical orgasm looks and feels like. Um, but for me, um, like we literally, it's absolutely different. So, um, basically what it, what it is like is, and, and I always hesitate to say what it's like because language is also never adequate and it's going to be different in every single body. So I'll give you a few examples. Um, in my body, there is a, a stop of breath completely. It's like, it's like everything just goes deadly quiet. Not maybe the, that's not the wrong word, but you know, I actually think of like the French word "la petite mort," which means the little death, mm -hmm. and it's a little bit like that. You just everything, we just stop breathing, and we absolutely like go into this lightning bolt flash of we just we call it we turn into lightning. It's like we we become lightning together. It's like so. So we dissolve into everything and nothing and yet we're together and we're streaming energy between our two bodies. And it seems like it's initiated through the female body as, as I go into this really deep state of orgasm, he picks it up and it, it draws him in. And then as he relaxes, it, the energy moves up through his body and we circulate energy between us. Just, it, we don't try. That's the thing that I want to emphasize. We're not trying to do anything. It just, it happens through the process that I teach. It's just like, um, yeah, which is complex. So probably won't go into it. But um, um, the last time it happened was really amazing. He let me know when he was on my cervix, which provided a whole nother layer of depth um, where I started to see the, it's, it's some, something similar to like the, the Sri Yantra, which is like a, Buddha, like a Hindu painting of like interlocking triangles just going on forever and ever. Um, you had, you saw that like you had <laughs> visions. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah. So the best way I can describe it is you just kind of, you just ex explode into, into everything, nothing again and again, again and again, as many times as you want. Like you just, uh, we call it being plugged into the matrix. And when, when, when it's, when we're just exhausted and we have time to just finish, which could be whenever we felt like it, it's a lot of energy to hold in the body. Right. So it's like, we're building our tolerance to, to actually hold this energy in our nervous system. And so when he comes out of me, like pulls out, it's like, literally we feel like we're unplugging from the matrix and we come back into like the bedroom or wherever we are. It's absolutely mad. It's so it sounds like you're on a psychedelic. <laughs> well, I mean, we say that um, the theory is that DMT is released in the brain mm -hmm. during um, this kind of cervical orgasm and for people who don't know what that is, DMT is, is a psychoactive, um, uh, chemical that's found in nature. And it, if anybody's unfamiliar with plant medicine and shamanic work, um, ayahuasca journeys, DMT is the active ingredient. Um, and it's very hard to prove that it's, um, inside the human body, but they found it in mice. Um, they think it's released through the pineal gland, uh, potentially the lungs. 
Um, so it is, it is a psychedelic, it is a, such a psychedelic experience. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I also want to tell you, I've been doing this now for five years and this, this started to open up for me uh, last year, mid last year. So four and a half years into training my, tra I don't know if training my body is the right word, like healing my body would be a word. Um, from trauma and learning how to relax. Um, and then, so I was with a partner who, um, well, I was having really deep experiences, but it wasn't as deep as it is now. And my only theory is it because it was because he wasn't quite there yet in his body. So now my current partner, he is there, he's done a lot of work. And so we seem to be able to meet each other. I don't know. It just, I'm not sure what the, what the rule is around that, but my, I've had, so I've only had these two experiences for limited information, but I can only imagine that one is because one person was able to go way more deeply into their body than the other. That's my theory. Yeah. No, it definitely makes sense to me though, because that's what I always tell women. And let me know if you agree with me on this. It seems like for those deeper orgasmic experiences, you have to feel safe. You have to be with someone that's, it's like you have to be with a partner that's maybe you feel safe to go deeper and maybe he's or he or she has gone deep too. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know you, maybe it's like a conversation. If you meet someone who, um, you know, I'm a, I go into big, deeper, meaningful conversations, right? Like we're having now and I go there pretty easily and people know me as, you know, they know that if I'm there, we're just going to go deep really quickly. But some people I might meet them and we might not have, we might not really go that deep together. There might just be some kind of mismatch in our, you know, you, you, you feel it when you meet mm -hmm. people that you, you can't quite connect with at the same level. So maybe it's the same physically. Maybe there are some people that we can connect with deeply at a physical level. And some people, we just, it's just a slight mismatch somehow. I mean, it's the only way, you know, it's very difficult this because there's no, there's no science around it. It's like, we're just, we, I mean, there is science around the orgasmic cervix. That's been proven. We know that that's a thing. Um, but there's, it's very difficult to get any kind of research done around the, the blissful experiences of cervical orgasm because most science research is focused on pathology and like, for example, why can't, why can't we have orgasms or what's going wrong, but rather than what's going right. Yeah. So it's yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I love what you're doing is focusing on what, how magical the body is. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. And you know, my dad's a scientist. So I, I, when I early in this work, I really tried to get, some kind of science around it but in the end I just kind of gave up it's exhausting and I just decided to focus on this and maybe I'll do my own informal research at some point you know mm. yeah totally and I was going to say too for the people listening okay so say it's a woman she's not currently dating anybody how does she tap into this on her own oh, or do you best time it is the best time I'm really blessed like honestly for the for most of this journey, I have not been in a relationship. I've had lovers, but I haven't been in a relationship where you are actually having to deal with someone else's um, sexual body. And it's a very precious space. There's a lot of triggering. So I feel like I've been very lucky that I could just focus on me. So I always say that it, whether you're in a relationship or whether you're single, the first step is focusing on yourself and healing yourself. And 
and, and, and learning how to feel yourself and learning how creating a new association through neuroplasticity with your, which means your brain changing itself and creating new neural connections to the cervix, to the deep vagina. So all of that is, is best done on your own. You know, it's, you need the time and the space, you know, and I, I also want to say that this work can be triggering in that I'm amazed at how many women and people with cervixes find it very difficult to go inside of themselves. It's extremely vulnerable and it actually requires you to bring all of yourself to the experience and people just are too stressed out. They're not relaxed. They're busy, 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 busy. That's why the quick fix come is just so convenient. Um, but this actually sort of probably requires about 45 minutes to an hour of your day, especially when you are learning. I mean, I don't know, maybe half an hour you could do, but it's definitely not like, hey, like, let's just grab a sex toy and whack it on there and like two minutes you're done. This is more like, oh, I need to like figure out how to open my body and get into a sensual space and like feel self-love and like, mm. you know, enter myself when only when I'm ready and like I might not ever I might not feel safe in my body yet you know like the mind and the will the will your willpower your willpower might be like yes I really want to do this but your body and your nervous system isn't there yet you know like so that's something that I share with people who do the program so we actually ended up creating a journey called the initiation which is a gentle entry into into cervical touch so it just helps like create a connection first and then learning how to touch and then working with consent and like, so just have taking a very gentle road in, which seems to be the way the yeah. first time we first did it early in the journey. I was just literally like, cause I didn't know. I was just like, all right, let's go. Stimulate cervix. And I just could not believe what came up. Like, on one hand, it was like amazing. It was empowering. It was like people were experiencing new things. On the other hand, so much resistance, so much trauma, so much grief, you know, memories, emotional memory. Like it's just sometimes for some bodies, it takes a longer, it's a longer journey and that's okay. We can't apply the instant gratification competitive model to the cervix we just cannot i i always say the cervix is calling us into greater and greater integrity and self-love because if you try to push past your boundaries if you try to hurry the process you're going to hurt yourself probably you know like you know you just yeah and and i think we've had enough time having our boundaries crossed you know like and so we've got to honor ourselves and like let the pace go at our own pace Mm. yeah definitely because i think that um it's like when you do that the experience is more rewarding yeah yeah well it's self-loving yeah holistic journey i'm not just working on the cervix we actually have an entire program called self-partnership which is actually developing a relationship with your emotional self with your heart with yourself with your and it's actually now I've, I'm putting it right at the beginning of the work because it feels like this, this piece around love and self-love, it comes before any of it. You have to be in right relationship with yourself and who you are and what, 
what matters to you and, and valuing yourself so that you can step into this journey of like honoring your body as sacred. Like I always say, like your body is holy ground. And, you know, so many of us are not used to that way of relating to ourselves, you know, and, and it's no surprise, you know, we go to the doctor, you go to a, you go to a, get a smear test. I don't know what it is like in your country, but here it's like 15 minutes quickly in, quickly out. They rush something into, you know, they put the speculum in, they rush in the, the swab. It's just like, you know, there's no honoring of the, of this precious sacred space. It's like, there might be a bit of permission, like asking like, Oh, you know, can I put the speculum in? But actually it's the wrong way around. It's not very empowering. It's like the woman needs to be saying, you may enter me with the speculum. You may enter me with the swab, not the other way around, but that's mm. a whole other conversation. No, <laughs> listen, I, have you, do you follow birth uprising on Instagram? Ooh, you no. need to follow her because she's, what you're talking about is what she talks about too. With the fact that, yeah, you're right. We don't have any of that. And then you hear these women that give birth where they ended up planning a natural birth and then it ended up being having a C-section. Like all that time, it's, it's so dishonoring of like the natural pace of things. And um, so no wonder we're all a bit, you know, so many of us are hyped up in our nervous systems and like feel like a contraction around it. You know, like I consciously relax my body before receiving a speculum. I consciously, so I don't want anyone just entering me like, you know, when they're ready, it's when I'm ready. Thank you very much. <laughs> Listen, I, um, I agree with you about that. I've done massive work on my nervous system to be able to like receive and constantly be receiving. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's so important. So go into that for people listening, like how can they start doing that into their, in their daily life? Uh, go into what? Sorry. Like in terms what? of helping women to what? Listen to their body and honoring what is a yes. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's a daily thing, isn't it? It's like, um, it's actually starting to un like you've got to develop a deep listening practice. It's I, I I mean I know this sounds strange, but meditation is a great way of like starting to really listen to yourself and into to your body. But it's it's anything like, do I want this glass of wine? <laughs> it might be a yes. It might be a no. Really truly listening. Do I want to go out with my friends? I'm exhausted. Am I going to say yes and just go along with it? Or am I going to actually say no and, and look after myself? You know, those, you, you know, those experiences where someone puts a, puts a great offering on your plate and you're like, yes, I'd love to, but I'm just so stretched. Cause the so stretched is your no, but so many of us just like, I'm going to go with the so stretched because I love it. And I, and I don't want to let them down. So it's everywhere in life, right? Just looking at where you're truly honoring yourself and listening to yourself. And then when it comes to intimacy, starting to understand the subtleties around, am I ready? Am I not ready? Am I ready to receive? Am I not ready to receive? And it's got nothing to do with lubrication. It's like, how am I, how am I, in my, how am I in my heart emotionally? Am I, am I feeling open? You know, I've had sexual experiences where I've wanted to, my, my head was a yes. My body was just not quite there. I felt tight in my body. And so each person has to, to learn what, what this expansion and contraction feels like in the body. And I just want to say um, this is an always an ongoing journey and you often learn when you've crossed your boundaries. Like that's the only way sometimes it's like, oh, 
okay, that was a no. And I, I didn't realize until after the fact. So just recently um, with my beautiful partner who I have alien sex with, <laughs> we ended up going completely the opposite direction. We had the most like, ah, uh, like, uh, like it was just fully like dirty human, like full on. And afterwards I felt really irritated and I was just like, oh man, I'm irritated just irritated and he was like what's going on and I was like you know I think I I I was a no in my body and I felt a bit of pain but I didn't really care because I was so horny and I just kept going and I like I liked it and I didn't like it and I just ah, you know kind of like stuck in the energy of it and enjoying it but at the same time I guess in my heart I was like no this is not quite no and he said I'm the same I picked up a no in you which caused a bit of a no in me and I didn't check in and so we both kind of realized after the fact that we were out of alignment you know like we we didn't really listen so I just want to say like it's going to happen but it's it is the it's the it's the conversations, it's the communication, it's the reflection where you go, okay, so we don't want to do that again. What are we going to do when we have this really, really, really big energy coming through us? How are we going to be safe with that? Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, going to the gynecologist and like really feeling like, am I feeling rushed and stressed? I always say, I always just say, to, I've got a great doctor. I'll say, hey, you know, I'm just, I, if it's okay with you, I'm, I would like to tell, I would like to um, guide the speculum in when I'm ready. And they're usually pretty open. So usually I, I guide the speculum in and then I just say, I just need you to wait until I've just taken a breath and I'm, I'm just a bit relaxed. And then I just take a breath and then I say, okay, I'm ready. You can enter with the swab. And then I will remove the speculum. I might look at my cervix in a mirror. And then I'll remove this. So it's all me doing it. No one's doing anything to me. Some people might not feel comfortable putting in the speculum and that's okay. So you just apply the same principle. Okay, I'm ready to receive the speculum. You know, just relaxing and not disassociating, you know, like the doctor, you know, there's times where the doctor's like making small talk or you're like, oh, just like, you know, like sort of slightly out of the room. It's, you know, you just headed somewhere like, oh, please let this be over. It's just like, just pausing, relaxing, being with the experience, not abandoning your cervix in the middle of it, just feeling, you know? Mm. Oh, you're saying some key, like, whoa. Because I, I, um, I thought of a very specific experience for me where I remember I had something similar to what you were saying, how it was with a guy, except for I recognized it right in the middle of our sexual experience where I told him, I was like, no, get off me. And but then he was like, no, no, let's keep going. And I was like, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so now that was a few years ago. So now I look back at that time and I was like, mm, that oh, was, man. that was a no, Haley. That was a no. And oh, so no, I, no, yeah, I know. But good on you for getting that. But bloody hell. But this I know. Is but, but this is why this work that we're both doing is so fucking important because it's like now I realize that's doing this work. Yeah, I know. And I, I mean... I don't understand why someone would say, hey, I'm feeling pain. No, let's keep going. But, you know, it's like you just, oh, just don't know. But I also think that's why you're right about saying the men. And I think the men need to do the work too is like being conscious of, hey, that that kind of stuff, a lot of women don't like that. 
or maybe there's yeah. some period. Well, I mean, a lot of women do as well, and this is the thing: it's just communicating. And I think what what when it what when it when it's when it it hurts because the the usually because there either is a size kind of mm-hmm. mismatch or the cervix is not properly lifted because when you're fully aroused, the cervix lifts out of the way. Mm-hmm. However. I want to say if they are wanting to have cervical orgasms, then they might want to be available to a different kind of stimulation, which means that usually if they're partnered with a man, then the man has to learn how to create sensitivity through his cock, right? He has to learn how to heal attention and trauma in his body and, you know, unwind from masturbation patterns that maybe, you know, weigh heavy on stimulation so that he can feel more. Right, so that he doesn't have to pound, doesn't need to have stim- like constant friction to feel. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's this is this is human awakening, and we all need to be doing the work. And sex is just another vehicle of 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 um of experiencing who we really are. And so therefore, we can't just be coming from one side of the equation. We all all genders doing this work, whatever is whatever works for you. It's however you're unwinding yourself and just learning how to feel because we've developed many strategies to not feel in this crazy world that we live in. Mm, Yeah, definitely. Okay. What takeaway would you want everybody to have from this conversation? Um, I think the main one is like your cervix is more than a reproductive organ. It is the capacity to, it has pleasure and that um, if you go in and you touch your cervix, you might want to know that it is, um, it feels like the tip of your nose or like a little donut. And it, it might not necessarily be straight up the top, like, a, like, a, um, like in, the, in the anatomy books. It, mine is right over to the left on the left side wall because my uterus is, is tilted that way. So the cervix, by the way, for people who don't know, it's, the, it's part of the uterus. So... Um, it protrudes into the vagina. It's not a growth. It's your cervix. So have a feel and see if you can feel it. And if it's numb or if it's a little bit uncomfortable, spend some time with it with loving touch, stimulate it a little bit. And, you know, it might take 10 or 20 minutes to even feel a little, little bit. And that's okay. Just have patience with yourself and, and really know that this is a journey and it's not a quick fix. You have to be patient because you're learning how to have a spiritual awakening through sex. Like that's a lifelong path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Okay. So how can everybody find you? So go to selfservix.com. There's actually a free guide that people can download called how to find your C spot. And in that it, it shows you the first steps that you can do to start to release the tension and, and the, any kind of holding in the tissue that prevents you from being able to feel. So it's a great resource for starting to wake up um, and, and, the, the tissue and expand pleasure in the body. So we run, we start our journeys next year. If, if anybody wants to jump in, that'd be amazing. More cervical awakenings, more yes. cervical. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. So y'all definitely, um, I will definitely put your links below. Thank you so much for joining us. Y'all be sure to subscribe, like, share the podcast, and I hope you enjoyed. All right. Bye. <laughs>